Um, oh, Jesus. You want to get into Deep Blue Sea? I, I am. I, I, you want to get into Deep Blue Sea? I am. Oh, okay. well, I guess I have to. <laughs> Sorry, for context's sake, everybody. I've already told PJ and Becky this, but um, I am in a fucked state of mind right now. I uh, am running on about three hours of sleep. Three hours of, like, drunk sleep, so it wasn't, like, actually restful. And then I got on a bus for a few hours and then immediately rewatched Deep Blue Sea. Um, and so I am in the big Red Bull headspace also <laughs> after all that. So who fucking... So if I sound, like, uh, way more or less deranged than usual, that is probably why. However, in any state of mind, I am always excited to talk about Deep Blue Sea... A movie I have seen maybe more times than there are people on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you're really fucking drunk and you, like, wake up the next day and you're like, oh, God, I feel like shit. I need, like, a big greasy something. I feel like Deep Blue Sea sort of places like that chipotle burrito you know what i mean like that's the ultimate Mm. hangover med yeah yeah it's it's like you got it's like you're dipping potato chips in ranch dressing it's like not Mm. quite correct but it's working somehow you know yeah you're getting better but there's no nutrients so we don't know why (laughs) it's like it's like the platonic ideal of like a sunday like tnt we know drama like Sunday afternoon, cancel some plans, uh, movie, and like it, it it feels like like a burger that you grub hubbed over. You know what I mean? It's got some. You spend yeah. too much on it. That's right. It's got some. It's got some protein, some carbs. Deep blue sea will suck up some booze in your belly. Absolutely, the lettuce was placed on top, so it has steamed a bit in the box <laughs> it came in, and it's like a little soft and hot, which is Wilty. not great, but still, you know, it's a burger, baby. It is God. a meal, and you're stuffed afterwards. <laughs> you are filled to the fucking <laughs> good. This is this is a really bizarre movie. Based it's, on what I just said, no one knows how I feel about the movie. <laughs> Now that you mentioned, oh, do you like this movie, Maggie? <laughs> that sounded like an endorsement to me. You know, I when you're so, just yeah. like, you feel sick and then you're full. <laughs> like, what do you think about this piece of art? <laughs> you know, when you think you need something and you get it and it's great and then you're just so fucking you're full and you feel like shit. Hey, did you like Deep Blue Sea? Well, let me, let me answer your question with another question. Have you ever <laughs> opened a styrofoam container and there's droplets of jungle fog on the lid of it? Because your DoorDash driver had to stop for cigarettes on the way over to your place. <laughs> have you ever have have you do you have you ever seen Deep Blue Sea? Well, I don't know. You ever eat Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> I love art. You ever get a cookout tray with three quesadillas? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Daddy's full, huh? Okay. Um, I fi- time to flip on the game. <laughs> Uh, I had so much fun watching this. I sort of wish that I I just happened upon it, wasn't watching it with like, I have a bad habit of being in homework mindset, so I almost choose to have less fun because I'm trying to remember things. But I, so I kind of wish I just like caught this on the couch with my dad and we didn't say anything, but be like, that was fun afterwards. (laughs) But like, I really had so much fun watching this. Some of the 
shit in it was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It made me crack up laughing. And then some of it was like genuinely gripping um, with some mediocre to good performances. And I, I, had a, I had a lot of fun. And this was both your and PJ's first time with this movie, right? Yeah. P- PJ, what, are your, what were your That's initial? That's right. Um, my, no, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, I think it's, you know, it's slight, you know what I mean? Like the, the food metaphor (laughs) does track. No, I, I liked it. Okay. I, I wish I had more to say about, about this movie. I think, you know, every time we talk about like an older, I, and the oldest movie we've ever done on this show is 1999, right? Um, I, it feels bananas calling that like an older movie. We we talk about how how little time it's taken in our lifetimes for stuff that we were alive for to feel alien, um, mm. and this both made me like laugh at like oh 1999 what a what a different time. Anytime Samuel L. Jackson had his menswear on, um, but it also <laughs> it also made me miss them a lot because this is like. This is so, this is so pulpy. It's so fun. It's so stupid. It's not an IP. I, and I hate that lowering of the bar, but like, yeah, this is like an outrageous, like get the job done cheeseburger of a movie. That's why I think the food metaphor actually tracks really well. (laughs) Yeah. This is hangover food. Yeah. This would be an excellent hangover movie. Uh, I've only ever watched it whilst a drunk or a child though. Um, I first saw this movie on a bus to an Outward Bound trip sophomore year of high school. And this was like, oh man, it was so, I was in the worst headspace because I was going to a four day long camping thing and I'm not an outdoorsman in the slightest. Um, and also the, the fucking bus was filled brim with rich bullies. Um, cause this was while I was at the private school and, you know, I was being a little piece of shit. I was wearing like a ripped up dead Kennedy's t-shirt. And as I walked by, somebody's like, somebody looked at the shirt and genuinely dead Kennedy's. That's not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I was at. Um, (laughs) That's rude. And so so I sat down and I was just fucking stewing and some, you know, uh, fucking, salmon poloed motherfucker stands up in the bus and is like i know the movie we're watching and i was set to just like fucking hate it and i was just fully enraptured by just this completely average movie (laughs) it is the discrepancy between how much i like and love this movie is boundless because I, i this movie's fine i like it but i also love this movie very deeply it's it's a strange dichotomy um yeah, it's hell yeah. I also um, am part of a podcast called Dead Horse, uh, where we. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna really try to do the intro. I might have to jump ship and pass it off to somebody else halfway through. Let's see what I can make happen. Welcome to Dead Horse. A pot. It's not going great so far. <laughs> Becky PJ, you want to take a crack at? It? Uh, welcome to Dead Horse. We are a podcast that we investigate many series that are under discussed, overextended, and what's that? Welcome to Dead Horse. We <laughs> record together every week, and we say, "Whoa, does this movie ever have anyone watch it?" Nope. 
let's check let's pay for all of them (laughs) (laughs) um do you probably remember me i'm dixon from that huge bottle i washed up on the beach in Mm. man-sized and i got in there i'm becky you probably remember me as the soft pair of tits that gets absolutely (laughs) fucking destroyed for no reason in this film and we had to see him and we had to see him go (laughs) my name is pj and uh you might remember me from being the world's oldest kid movie critic I got my break in the business playing the titties that got ripped up. (laughs) (laughs) Ripped up. Ripped up. Um, So this fucking movie. So sharks don't have any problems and scientists take note of that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so they build, they build a huge shark jail where, um, they pump sharks' brains full of the good stuff to make them better. Get that and sweet, use sweet shark brain. That sweet shark brain. Um, uh, and it freaking tastes like chicken. <laughs> uh, a shark gets out, uh, fucks with a boat, but nobody dies. And Samuel L. Jackson, the investor in the shark jail, flies in. And he's trying to say, like, what's up with, with the shark jail? Um, and he's there when uh, they do an experiment to see if like the shark can really cure it all and by gum he can but that's when things start to go awry so the rest of the movie is pretty like uh standard disaster movie fare where either via sharks or drowning people are getting uh picked off one by one and there's um a little uh, we check in with ll cool j and his parrot that says dick <laughs> once every seven or eight minutes just to see how all that's going you know his parrot named bird <laughs> <laughs> i admire well okay i think a huge part of why this movie like sticks with me a little more than um things of its ilk uh because this this movie doesn't really have any ambitions and i think that's that's to its credit it just kind of wants to get in, get out, get the job done. But it is really, really unafraid to kill people um, who ordinarily would live through the movie. For instance, the bird. You think that wisecracking bird's going to be there all through the movie. Gets eat, swallowed whole by a fucking shark. Loved it. Get fucked, um, bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, of course, uh, the famous scene in which Samuel L. Jackson gives, like, a, a just an absolutely insane monologue um <laughs> implying that he cannibalized maybe cannibalized okay Can- yeah okay just checking yeah <laughs> just making sure he's like yeah everybody shut the fuck up we're finding a way out of here i'm gonna break <laughs> my oath today and tell you that i ate tits <laughs> why am i making everything tits? And, then, and then a shark fucking busts out and crunches him up in his 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 proudest moment being alive it's so fucking good it's because like he's there he is like the audience he just goes there so that every character can explain what they're doing mm. Um, to somebody, and the second that is no longer, like, a necessary part of the screenplay's function, they're just like, here you go, Mr. Shark, num, num, num. <laughs> like, Benito Flakes for your fish. I <laughs> was floored by that, and I was already enjoying plenty of it. The exposition was pretty 
chop nails on a chalkboard for me for like the first like third of this movie i'm like whoa 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 but when he fucking gets eaten i was like no way no way that samuel jackson's gone already and all these like fucking just fine characters i mostly dislike that's what i'm left with i fucking strapped in i was ready to go all your safety is gone once that happens yeah this movie actually does a pretty good job at keeping you wondering who is going to make it out alive um and does a pretty good job at following up on (laughs) so that was could y'all hear that yeah, dude, yeah. the shark opened the vault in your place, and water's There's a rushing shark in. in here. <laughs> Irene left the water on too long. Aww. There's a fucking shark in here now. <laughs> it's fucking. This thing can't hold that many tons. That thing is fucking. You see, you see these fucking. Sh- you see these sharks, dude? They're fucking. I, I'm, I'm out of gas on this riff. It, um, it bit that European man's arms right off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for trying to light up a cigarette inside of the water spaceship. Um, they uh, they do a pretty good job at like following through on having actually surprising results with uh, who makes it out of this thing alive once he's gone and i knew that death was coming because like i'd seen it on a billion different reels of like top 10 most outrageous bad movie moments um in like youtube compilations circa like 2008 um and it's unfair i think for for this movie to to be in there because it's a it's a reliable fud ruckers sandwich with a patty of beef yeah i mean i'd seen that that moment and i was waiting for it and i somehow was not disappointed i was um so i was reading also so i also i could say also more probably um that's been the biggest i've been getting a lot of physical mail about how i speak on the podcast and they're saying also more also Mm. more Mm. um (laughs) i rennie harlan is the kind of director uh the kind of 90s director who i really admire and who like had such a specifically 90s career because he like kept getting handed the keys to like really huge stuff but also that he didn't have quite full autonomy on because his first big movie after uh, his his english language debut he's finnish if you can believe that (laughs) it fucking shows i'm gonna be real (laughs) yeah it fucking shows (laughs) get it together stop that yeah you know what country really needs to just get its fucking act together (laughs) every day i crack open the washington post and something fucked is happening a hundred percent his english language debut is a movie called i think prison which i haven't seen but stars a mid 80s late 80s vigo mortensen so i want to check that out kind of maybe grind my skateboard down those cheekbones just see what's Mm -hmm. going on (laughs) um but his first like big movie and he was like 26 or something at the time was the nightmare on elm street 4 the dream master Mm -hmm. which at the time was uh the highest grossing film in the franchise and he um kind of was forced in that movie to be a style over substance guy because that movie was conceived and rushed through production and started during a writer's strike 
Um, so they had started filming just bits of that movie without a director attached. Mm. And they were really just kind of trying to, like, um, make what they had work due to, like, you know, writer issues and budget constraints and shit. For instance, they, like, shot a character's funeral, but then realized that character's death scene was so too expensive. So they were just like, uh, Rennie Harlan just filmed this guy doing karate against an invisible Freddy Krueger. And he was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> um, but also, like... That movie is so, it's so horseshit story. Like, it's the first one of those movies where it's like, uh-oh, you guys really shouldn't have taken the keys away from Wes Craven story-wise. But it is filled with some of the, like, most iconic and bonkers imagery of uh, that series. Some really gross, almost Cronenberg-y shit and some wild uh, decisions with, with camera work and coverage. And I... You know, this is very armchair of me, but I think him being slotted into that, you need to make this look as compelling as possible because there's so little here, um, is kind of uh, the the thing for which he becomes a, a go-to guy. I be- This movie in particular um, was something of a, uh, of a test for him because the previous two movies were uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is a, you know... Paired back uh, action comedy Shane Black written thing, also starring Samuel L. Jackson. And that didn't make a whole lot of money. It was critically well received, though. Um, And then the movie before that was Cutthroat Island, which at the time was the biggest flop in box office history. Uh, I think the costs were something like, um, you know, 100, 110 million in Bill Clinton money. And that movie made $10 million. Holy shit. So he was, um, I think. Probably a little nervous on this set. <laughs> I, I still think a sense of visual dynamism comes through. The only real bummer is how poorly the CGI is aged. And that's not really anyone's fault, but Mm-mm. there's just a lot of a lot of cartoon sharks in this joint. I was fine with the cartoon sharks. I thought it would be more distracting and, and kill s- any sort of suspense that was building. But I thought the CGI for 99 was was what it was uh that being said though like i i'm i'm just i'm glad i was able to go with it because you're right it like doesn't fully hold up but i thought it would look much shittier basically well i wanted to ask you becky because like i am completely inured to any tension this movie Mm. might successfully uh evoke in people it's just like not possible for me to have that reaction to this movie (laughs) Um, and it's, it's just because I've seen it a billion times. It's not because of the movie or anything, but I was wondering what, what, like, were there any particular bits you remember being particularly glued to the screen or not? Yeah. I thought that the bit where they're climbing up that like cylindrical, um, like passageway and then the ladder falls and he's reaching for Jan who gets, who basically rides the shark's face. (laughs) Like such a weird position they put her in. And I was like, Oh, of course. Um, uh, and then she dies. Uh, I, I thought that was really fun or, or a lot of the, a lot of when they're underwater and needing to do something while they're also holding their breath. Um, mm, yes. I guess it all is sort of a wash because I can't quite remember which part, but there was a lot of points where I was like, <gasps> what really got me, I think more than like pure suspense building, which I think this movie does beautifully, not in a super memorable way, but like very consistently throughout. Um, but 
this movie, like, like you were saying, Dixon, is just not afraid to kill people, blow shit up, and make the worst possible circumstances happen, so that our, our just, our main characters have no choice but to swim with the really smart shark, and it's like, <laughs> when that helicopter, when that helicopter exploded into <laughs> into Janice Soprano's fucking face mm-hmm. <laughs> when <laughs> you know when Janice just sort of is like uh come here and it just explodes <laughs> in her face oh man it was I literally was like I fucking love this movie <laughs> it's it's so incredible how not in the movie she is I know because like three lines I, I if that it is absolutely buck wild she has her own set and you're thinking like because she's like the you know the 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 like mash announcer voice coming over the speakers or whatever so you think like oh you know she's gonna be having to be like you get to like this point this point's not flooded like the kind of guide but no um the shark pulls a helicopter into her office (laughs) yeah i mean that's another thing i love about this movie though is like all the stars I know are so here are here so fleetingly, along with um Skarsgard, I forget his first name. Um Dellen? Yeah. Who who has he fucking pees towards the wind, is just drunk a lot of the time, lazily kisses his, like, half-girlfriend, and then just gets his arm ripped off. Like, he's just so, like, like pointlessly there. I just, I, I love... It made me so here for the chaos, you know, because I was never mm. sure who I could lean on or who was going to make it. I love fucking stacked 90s casts where even the little guys are someone. And, you know, Stellan Skarsgård lasts, he's the first one to go and probably has four or five lines total. Um, So he's not afforded much of the scenery to chew, but what he is, he manages to swallow whole like a cobra. <laughs> um, it is really impressive the work he makes uh the 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 meal he makes out of samuel l jackson pointing at a computer saying um oh fuck what is it it's the stupidest line in the goddamned world um right um samuel l jackson looks at a computer and for like seven seconds they did like good brain growth or whatever because their main thing is they're trying to cure alzheimer's so uh because of the juice they put in the shark um, the tang is making the brain stronger and they can see that on the computer and Samuel L. Jackson goes, I'll be damned and Stellan Skarsgård goes no, for seven seconds you saw what it was like not to be damned <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking arm eaten not five seconds later <laughs> he believes everything he's saying even if it's dog shit like he just fucking <laughs> believes it he's so good yes. uh, the most perhaps the most drawn out death in movie history <laughs> like this fucking like uh, thriller movie like inside Lewin Davis series of horrid circumstances happens to him where a shark bites his arm off the rescue helicopters winch uh, while it's trying to carry him out drops the fucking stretcheries on into the ocean the shark grabs him and uses him as like the cable through which to toss a helicopter into the station and then the sh- <laughs> and then the shark straight underwater fucking softball underhands him still alive somehow 
into the big fucking glass viewfinder that every other character is in and breaks the window with his stretcher and corpse. It sets the bar so fucking high. There's like three parts to his just long torture. (laughs) His long shark-driven torture. And it's all so silly because he's strapped in. He has like like a surgical mask on and you could just see his eyes be like a little worried. And I'm like, how are you conscious? You've been dragged like a hundred miles miles like underwater slammed into glass while you're losing liters of blood (laughs) he like becomes the weapon that the monster of this movie (laughs) uses on the protagonists (laughs) and it is like it is a weird like horror monster slasher like disaster hybrid isn't it because like this this feels like a very like square jawed um like post michael bay like post roland emmerich thing um but it's but it's a horror movie and it's and it's about these these guys getting picked off one by one and it's it's funny the way like stellan skarsgård like he, he makes a bit of an impression while he's there, but then, like, most of the impression that he gets is, like, as a melee device for the brain shark <laughs> to use against the water spaceship. <laughs> Can I geek out about the water spaceship for just a second? Just, yes. like, the, the Aquatica? The Aquatica mm-hmm. fucking rocks. The Aquatica <laughs> is the best. Um, it's, it's a beautiful piece of production design. I saw that one of the two production designers on this did Event Horizon, um, and that that feels that feels like a match. That was the movie that I was thinking of a lot through this. It feels so real. It feels so cool and exciting and fancy. And I was so ready to like spend a ton more time on it than we ended up spending before it all. Everything goes so wrong so quickly. <laughs> Everything goes underwater. Every computer that they have gets wet. It's stressful. It's scars guarded. They get scars guarded. They get all wet. They get swung around. It's amazing. It's amazing just the the havoc that is wreaked on their physical surroundings. And like the that's the suspense that's built essentially throughout the entire film. They're just like having to run from like air pocket to air pocket as water has to be the vaults have to be opened and then water has to flow through and they have to swim to the top and so there are fucking sharks just swimming through like the building and it's just it's brilliant it actually fucking rules Uh, what you were saying about the production design pj reminded me that also like I was reading an interview with Rennie Harlan, and he's, like, a really discerning guy about, like, tech in particular and, and hmm. some of the aspects that you'd think a director might not be so involved in. He's he's really there for. He made sure he was part of the crew that was, like, in the water filming B-roll of sharks. And you can see a bunch of behind-the-scenes footage of him going, like, well, now it's my turn to film the sharks. I hope hmm. they don't eat... I hope to don't eat Tom Jane. Um, <laughs> and he also, like, really has a great eye and ear for collaborators, both in casting, mm. because this is his second time working with Samuel L. Jackson, and they get along really well. Um, and he also really likes to work with Stallone, which is, like, 
if Stallone finds somebody he likes to work with, that's fucking great for any Stallone production so they don't have to, like, hire and fire six directors because he's like, <laughs> I think it should be funnier. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, he, the, the, like, to the point where the, the, he was raving about the sound design for this movie, and I cannot remember his name, mm. but he got the guy who did sound design for The Thin Red Line to do it because he like that really out, wanted actually. yeah like he really wanted um the aquatica to sound like both like old and and rattly and could fall apart at any second and also like sleek and futuristic and something like the likes of which we've never seen and i, th- I think they pull that off totally it definitely felt com- very immersive like i it really like to me i don't know maybe i just like fully bought bought in but i was just like i'm there I'm at the Aquatica. This ain't no set. Like, it just felt so, like, it felt, like, really thorough to me. Like, they filmed on the real Aquatica. Yeah, they filmed on the actual Aquatica that, as Americans, we know about. Yeah, Cuomo charged him an arm and a leg to rent it out. (laughs) Production was really rushed. Uh, But they did, I believe, for a lot of the swimmy stuff, um, they used leftover water tanks from Titanic, I want to say. Yes, I read that. Yeah, yeah. So they, like, kind of had built-in shark water. I just, I love love a good movie spaceship. Um, I I love good metal floors that go clang, clang. While someone important is walking around on them, and Thomas Jane is not Thomas Jane. Samuel L. Jackson is is giving a speech. I guess I guess we'll have like a whole corner later on Miss on young Mister Jane, as it were. Cause I boy boy do I love me some Thomas Jane. Do you? I, I wait. I want to hear your. I want to hear your Tom Jane corner. Yeah. I don't know that I have a corner on him. I just like him every time I see him. He feels like a very antiquated kind of like leading man because he's Mm. he's he's extremely believable as this like grunting tough guy who is getting them through this mission on his parole sentence but (laughs) the the other quality about him is that the only thing that makes him just this much miscast for the punisher is that he actually seems like he might have too much of a heart uh to play that guy but i mean but that was that was my introduction to to him was I saw the Punisher way too young, and that was a guy who kept like almost popping in movies. I know this was his breakout thing. Um, he he'd been like trying to find places in in the '90s, and like I think he's one of the the punk scumbags who gets killed in The Crow, City of Angels, uh, a movie I hope to do on Dead Horse someday. The two things of Thomas Jane's that actually like loom the largest in my mind is one, vegan police in Scott Pilgrim. Um, yeah, I have no idea what possesses Edgar Wright to be like. You know who needs like the standout cameo in this movie? is the guy who played the Punisher and no one saw it. But the did anyone here see the HBO show Hung? No. Was that him? That was him. I've seen so many ads for it and I was like, guys, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I don't but think yeah, you you're missed right. That was lot. him. Yeah. I have mixed feelings on him or I had mixed feelings on him. On my last rewatched, I kind of wasn't that impressed but on today's what i was able to get through between like really long blanks i actually started to really appreciate it because he's got more so than a traditional leading man a real weirdo energy like 
Hmm. He's not afraid to make this guy, like, a little bit, not just like, oh, man, he's such a tough guy intense, but, like, Jesus, dude, like, you're being really weird. I, I don't know. There's something about, like, his particular, like, very, very subdued intensity and, and the, like, weird jiggliness of his eyes and his soft, he's got a very soft, not low voice. Um so like mm. when you know Saffron Burroughs hits the button and puts the the um, arm shark back in the water while Tom Jane tries to shoot it, he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> I uh, I didn't love him. I don't know much of about him. Um, he won me over by the end because when anyone earnestly physically is trying to accomplish something like that's believable right he's like literally doing things and he's literally saving things and he's literally opening vaults and like holding his breath underwater and like by the end of it i was like yeah like this is great but a lot of those uh disdain he has towards the suits <laughs> and like like all oh, that shit yeah. in the beginning when he's just like i did go to prison and it might not look like it from like <laughs> just what like just just the way i obviously look and obviously i didn't go to prison but i did in this movie and you're just like no you didn't <laughs> like <laughs> i the judge I, sentenced me to two years of tranquilizing <laughs> sharks for this <laughs> like i i bide i i bide i bought his expertise um by the end of it at least but i found him to to be working a little bit too hard i don't i don't really know what the like him and susan's chemistry felt so strange to me like they were just so like into each other but then he he would randomly just look at people with such vitriol and i'm like don't you like her <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Um, like you're saying, Dixon, except I don't like it, is that he has such weird energy. But I will wrap this up with, by the end of it, I was totally won over by the entire movie, and he is a large part of that. So he did plenty of things right, and I'm uh, an asshole, so. I'm kind of with you. I don't think you're an asshole. I'm just saying I want to watch him chop wood. Do you ever see that picture of him at the premiere of Scott Pilgrim? He's he's like smoking a cigar. I didn't even know who he was before. He's he's kind of a that guy actor. He's a he's a that guy actor who played a superhero in one movie. And apparently it was one of those instances where he like really liked that character and so he came back and like starred in a fan film in in some sort of like mm. campaign to try to get him like recast as as the punisher i think he'd fucking kill it in other things i just think he brought a weird energy nobody told him about while it was happening in real time probably while they were shooting also just seems like a strange guy in general um you know usually when you're like reading through like quotes of an actor you can you can maybe get a sense of their vibe um completely inscrutable um, I was reading, he was getting interviewed about Hung, which is about um, uh, his becoming a sex worker and his having, like, being renowned for his big dick. Um, and he was just like, well, the character's dick is nine inches. Mine's seven inches. And I think that's good, you know? And, you know, you could probably see my dick. There was actually a party once where someone was like, hey, show me your penis. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> so indifferent. So it's gotta get in, 
Gotta get in the actor's mind. What's going on behind the scenes? Holy shit. The fucking, the like 15 minute um, edited and whatever 1999 or 8's equivalent of iMovie was like swimming with the sharks at Deep Blue Sea. He's like, doesn't seem nervous at all, but is talking about how scared he is of sharks. He's just like dead eyed and kind of staring off into space on a boat about to be lowered in a cage to like shoot some B-roll of actual sharks coming at him and being like, yeah, no, I mean, there's just so much water and, you know, they're (laughs) everywhere. You know, if uh, if people knew uh, how many sharks there were in the ocean, uh, you'd think twice about swimming. So so what you're saying is he talks about water the way Anakin Skywalker talks about sand. (laughs) <laughs> Which is with, like, on paper disdain, but, like, vocal and emotional, like, kind of indifference. I hate sharks. They're coarse and they get everywhere. <laughs> they get everywhere. He's... Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Before we get off the fucking Tom Jane corner. The Jane train. The Jane... Ooh, I love it. Oh, I love it. We've, we've touched on some members of the cast, but um, not others. And I think a particularly interesting facet to this movie is the um, the fucking uh, Mary Melody pre-movie cartoon <laughs> short uh, that LL Cool J is just in by himself for about a third of this movie's running time. It, it, he just has this fucking, like, craps last tape thing going with this bird and these sharks where he's just speaking to animals and god (laughs) it's so much time alone with one bird it's so much time and i was like i mean it's gotta tie in and i just trusted it and let it be what it was and marveled at the humility and uh humiliatingly didn't know it was ll cool j till later (laughs) (laughs) um and i i love i loved him in it and i very much loved that he survives and that the morally bankrupt white female scientist gets eaten but he lives (laughs) i love it oh shit so i was actually reading about that uh when they finished this movie uh they had a month before it was set for wide release and they did a test screening and in the original ending, Saffron Burroughs lives too. In the original ending, it's Saffron Burroughs, LL Cool J, and Tom Jane all hanging out at the debris in the end. Shut the and fuck up. The test scores, like, up until the last five minutes were like, fuck yes, we love this movie. Fuck yes, it's, can't believe Sam Jackson got eaten. And then, like, the scores, just, the, the needle just, like, dropped into red. And they were like, what the hell happened? And every feedback card they got was like, you need to kill her. <laughs> this woman oh, cannot wow. be alive at the end of the movie. And like, Rennie Harlan was just like, well, okay, I guess they're right. Oh, um, and just it. like went back and did like, it. apparently the reshoots only took a day because most of uh, her getting absolutely fucking shredded by a shark is CGI. Just like... Like the worst one, maybe. You know, that makes sense, though, because, like, it felt it felt like a very purposeless death besides the fact that it was satisfying because she's supposed to be bait, but, like, I feel like they could have killed the shark without Carter jumping in, so, like, it, like, felt like a failed attempt. Um, but she can't live. I mean, there's not enough chemistry or just points that she won 
if if the movie up until her not dying was exactly the same she she has some like redemption arc stuff but it is not made clear enough to know that she is on the right path and she realizes her wrongs because she's like genetically modified these sharks against i want to say like the yale what you can do to sharks convent the harvard what you're allowed to do to sharks yeah It's about it's about ethics and shark journalism. The Institute of Shark Brain Technology. Um, and she like when when the shark bites Stalin Skarsgård's arm off, Tom Jane rushes and gets a shotgun and runs up to the shark, ready to just like fucking just just destroy the shark. And she hits the big red button that puts the shark back in the ocean. And it's like this is all like demonstrably her fault yes. like the the waters about it aren't really that muddy she made the shark smart <laughs> and then she put the shark the smart shark back in the water and you know i don't think i would have been mad if she had lived but i th- i think it is like an interesting swerve from like not really justified redemption arc to oh shit like she fucking kind of sacrificed herself for no reason part of why that feels so senseless is just because it was literally tacked on (laughs) but like the feeling of like we could have figured it out uh you didn't have to do that it's it's really like i don't know i I feel like a lot of these movies don't end with that kind of a thing it was it i i liked that facet of it it's like i wouldn't have minded if she lived if a lot of the other more palatable characters had lived but since they got eaten i'm like well she should go too um i was impressed with the movie that it did that so it's fucking hilarious to hear that they really they actually didn't the first time (laughs) it uh it reminded me of dixon's comment on uh annabelle creation about the bait and switch of having someone who feels like they are going to be the final girl who makes it out of this thing alive um, and then, and then just turns them into fucking chum. Um, just, just turns them into blood in the water. Um, and you know, she had already, I guess it feels like a, like a setup to her having to sacrifice, sacrifice herself because this movie has a lot of like really weird, dumb, like ponderous fucking moralizing about how, um, science in the real world really needs to be careful about, playing god when they do things like make the big shark brain and make the sharks not just not just smarter but even bigger assholes than before it's 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 not just that they you know they think deeper thoughts they have like big ideas they're they're writing notes about stuff that they were just kind of thinking about while they were just like sitting in the ocean i mean the the big brain shark serum made them malevolent it made them be able to do things that sharks i believe physically can't do like go There's backwards a bit where sam- yes yeah. <laughs> sam jack's like did that shark just go backwards did that shark just fire a gun they all took a shit in their pants when the shark went backwards i was like i mean yeah i guess that's crazy <laughs> i'm not sure i would believe someone if they said sh- to me sharks can't swim backwards. <laughs> really? i love a movie with a with an important vial of something. I love a movie <laughs> with just like the juice that if you spill one drop, it's all for naught. Like that's so fun. And then, but then where'd it go? <laughs> Where did the vial go? Do they need more juice? Like- they need more juice so like my grandma can remember me. <laughs> 
I, I was I was telling Dixon earlier, but like this is the most screenplay screenplay I feel like I've seen in a movie in a long time. And I don't know what I mean by that. I just I just feel like everything here feels like an ingredient that would be preached to you in like an early two thousands like screenwriting for dummies book about like you need to introduce comedic relief character number three on page 17 there needs to be a scene where someone says how tough is he and another person answers while they have a walk and talk the scene should end on a question all kinds of stuff like that like the alzheimer's tie-in thing it really clarified that this is the most like pseudo respectable fake science I've, I've seen in a movie in, in a little while. Maybe that's what just what movies are, is that they take, like, turning into the Hulk and they try to ground it in, like, pharmaceutical development for, like, curing acne on frogs or something. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's always just how... How can we make people feel as intelligent as we possibly can while we are setting them up for the shark got a gun? <laughs> and there's not a shark with a gun in this movie. Maybe there is in two or three. Um, it just completely feels like like that kind of movie. This is some of the funnest, like, dumb movie science I've ever seen. Am I remembering correctly that there is a moment where they're, like, seeing a readout on a monitor of the shark's brain getting bigger? <laughs> Did I imagine that? <laughs> It's staged so strangely because all of these scientists are crowded around a monitor and Samuel L. Jackson is behind it, fully behind it. His head is behind it too, but he's looking at the back of the monitor like he can see what's in front of it. And he's just going like, yes, yes, while the shark brain gets bigger. You just can't fucking see that, man. I know you can't. The Our levels of shark science are too high. Our levels of shark science have reached critical mass. We've got it so that two sharks can do cocaine in the bathroom and then come out and talk about the restaurants they're going to open. <laughs> I actually wish the Smarks... God damn it. No, Smarks. This is a movie about Smarks. Own it. I can't say Damn. what I was going to say now. It completely negates my point. Gatekeep. I just wish, what did you wish about smarks. the Smarks? I want to fucking jump in a vat of acid. Um, my mom would never let me get Smarks when I was a kid. The first ingredient was sugar, so I always had to get fucking frosted smarks. mini wheats. You haven't lived. Smarks. I had to get the bagged version, the Smarks. <laughs> I was literally going to say I wish that the sharks had been smarter. <laughs> it's it's actually unfair that that happened to me. <laughs> what task do you think these sharks wouldn't be capable of after blowing up a space station using one European? <laughs> I, I think that was a little bit of luck. I think they were wreaking a lot of havoc, and I think that things sort of went their way that day. <laughs> I think that I want more of, like, the 
rubbing your loved one who's drowning in your face up against the glass wall that was fun but then a lot of it was just like we're in so now i'm going to instinctively predatorily like stalk you which was super fun too but i wanted to see like some sharks doing math you know some (laughs) sharks like fucking communicating you know i want smoking yeah (laughs) See a shark open its mouth and have a character's mother's voice come out to try to fool him. I don't know. I just thought it got a little bit more action thrillery than like brain thrillery, like outsmarting them. But um, I still thought it was fun, and obviously they're smarter than me. Listen, listen to listen to my fucking dumbass. I wish I was smart. Man, I wish I was as cool as smart is. I read some stuff about how they felt like they had to find a way to make a shark thriller um, without defaulting to Jaws um, and, and without being, like, endlessly compared to, to that movie where, you know, I mean, very famously, they almost never show the shark, um, but you feel its presence. And this movie is like, how many sharks can we show and how early <laughs> can we show them? And also, would it be possible for the sharks to uh, swim around uh, a spaceship where a, uh, a former rapper, former preacher, uh, current alcoholic man is talking to his bird named Bird? Um, and you're convinced that he's going to die, um, but through sheer perseverance of will and, and love of his dear friend Bird, uh, he just... He makes it out of there. There's what I'm saying is that this movie puts a lot of paprika on on the sandwich. It it finds a lot of ways to just like refuse to be boring. I know we had our our LL moment, but like he's so he's so weird. This character is such like a a goofy man child. Um, he it's just the the result of what what would happen if you put like seven chain smoking like white screenwriters and script doctors from 1994 into the Brundlefly machine. And what came out was just like their idea of what audiences must want. They must, I, he, he feels like 13 studio notes, like Frankenstein together. Like what if he had a bird? What if the bird talked? What if the bird was cursing? And, and that they all work together and and feel like a part of this movie is is kind of a miracle i guess it's just the one flaw i have is that 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 bird needs a different fucking name right i know you almost risk your life for that bird and you're naming him bird it was and the bird's an asshole i don't even know if the bird is his i I can't even tell honestly he does say you ate my bird yeah i know but that doesn't match his behavior like the rest of the film <laughs> like the rest of the film it looked like they just like co-inhabited it and he made uh, made do they're just like acquaintances That's yeah right. they just both work in the kitchen and maybe it was more of like an emotional thing like i've i've thought many times dixon if you got eaten by a shark um that i would say like no, that was my dixon you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> so it's it's kind of like just kind of a, a different conjugation, I think. Yeah, kind the, of, the bird was just running expo in the kitchen. <laughs> like it's not more like exposition. Oh, in fairness, <laughs> though, to both Bird and LL Cool J, they at no point ever say anything that's going on. 
it's all rhetorical questions to God and begging an animal to to speak uh, politely. Mm-hmm. Like he's it's... never like, oh man, I'm so glad that this um that this this kitchen is like you know on the sub level of the Aquatica where it's you know reinforced with lead or whatever the fuck. He's just like, all right, time to start um making deals with higher powers and conquering the animal kingdom. So true, and I really appreciate a character seemingly tertiary who doesn't say anything expositiony at all it turns out he is the main character of the film <laughs> i know after, after two hours of like focusing entirely on saffron burrows and tom jane it just turns out that ll cool j is the main character <laughs> it's like, so funny it's so funny if you really <laughs> If you really think about it, he was alone for two hours, like the first two hours, and then like he's our guy. I I love it so much. LL Cool J is the one who like takes the fucking smile, you son of a bitch, like jaw shot at the shark. LL Cool J blows the shark up. Tom Jane is just attached to the shark, going ow, ow, ow. And LL Cool J also does that, like you were saying, Peach, that really cool moment where he was like. You killed my bird. And it's so badass. It's the most badass moment of the whole film. Because the rest of it is like all the strife we're really feeling. But he really fucking wears that action hero like like language really well. Mm-hmm. And when he gets stuck in the oven. That was another moment, Dixon, where I was like, ah, ah. That oh, was so too. fun. It's yes. such good suspense. Where the, where the shark. Okay, this is, this is the thing. I wish the shark meant to turn that on. <laughs> I want the shark to be smart enough to turn the, the oven on. That's what I thought would happen, but it was just a fucking clumsy mistake, and I was like, all right, I would do the same thing. Grabbing the the oven dial with its teeth and just rotating its body. Sharks shouldn't be able to rotate. Looking back every once in a while, making threatening eye contact with him. You know what it really needed? It really needed, like, still moments where they looked at one another, each as a sentient being. That's what it was missing. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. Because for all of their talk about how smart the sharks are, it is just, it's never shown to us. It's pretty much only told. Yeah. And if if ever there was, like, um, I don't know, Tom Jane or LL Cool J or Saffron Burroughs get stuck behind a pane of glass and a shark's looking at it and they see, like, oh, no, like, there's something in its eyes now. I don't know, that could be something. Yeah, just, like, a moment of, like, a reckoning of, like, we are, we both recognize that we are both conscious as separate species. That'd be cool. I think we're both at the same house show. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Where do I know that guy from? Oh my God. He was so drunk at, he was so drunk at, uh, mannequin pussy. They had to security dragged him out before Japanese breakfast even came out. (laughs) They're a a huge dick. My cousin dated them. (laughs) (laughs) That shark is a fucking abuser. <laughs> Just cancel the shark. That shark ate someone. <laughs> Stay safe, y'all. Um, one of my suggested friends on Facebook is the Smark, and you're the one mutual friend I have. How do you how do you know the Smark? Bad news. Run. <laughs> do not accept. That shark fucking ate someone. Stay safe, y'all. <laughs> 
we don't associate with that shark anymore we don't go to the fucking open mic that that shark has been hosting okay i'm deeply ashamed of my involvement with that shark i like didn't know i wish i knew that they ate someone yeah we 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 all we all have we all have a shark like that okay oh fuck (laughs) getting grim (laughs) we haven't talked about the fourth different entire personality for a character that has been fused into 12 others to make preacher is that he's is that he's a preacher and that he's like quoting the bible a lot and he's like in a scary situation he's like i am not daniel with the lion um there there's a lot of moments of like like portentousness in this script where you're like uh the screenwriters like they were they were proud of this one i don't know that they should have been but they definitely like finished that day of writing uh like kicked back and were like i'm a fucking screenwriter like like the line where Jacqueline McKenzie as Janice Higgins. Those are made-up names. Um, she's looking down into the water, and she goes, Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. This isn't, this isn't fucking Bride of Frankenstein. She isn't fucking Dr. Pretorius. Like, settle, settle down. It's disgusting, honestly. <laughs> I was, Janice, Janice, up until, like, minute, Janice until... Her boyfriend dies. Insufferable. Is the character's name yeah. Janice? Yeah, okay. Janice. Confusing, I, right? We, when you said those are made up names, I thought you might be. I thought you might have just made up a name for the actor and character. <laughs> I oh, I should have. I but Janice would go to I, a different actor then, wouldn't it? It would go to Ada Tuturo, like running and tackling a shark at like a t-ball game. And then fucking <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård gets his fucking arm eaten, so she's going up to that lady Janice and is just like, "I just want to comfort you. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat Stellan's ziti." I wish that Ada Tatora was had that role of the other woman who played Janice. She would have made that so. I mean, we were all big. I assume we're all big Janice Sopranos oh, yeah. fans on this podcast. Oh, yeah. If anybody ever like talks about how annoying Janice is. I don't think they deserve to watch the show. No. <laughs> it's like when people are like, oh my God, I just like, I hate AJ so much. I was like, do you understand what you're like, watching? Yeah. Like, do- <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that they hate AJ. What? So many people like hate the kids and AJ in particular. They want to do violence to them. They're always like, man, if I was Tony Soprano, I would have hit AJ. And it's like, do you, do you know why? I would have so too. close to getting it. I skip the Melfi scenes. I hate AJ. I don't watch the fucking therapy stuff. I watch Tony fuck chicks. Okay, it's a it's a show uh, about a mob guy with a heart of gold. Porn. That's right. I watched TV so that I could watch a six foot nine sentient mouth breath um, <laughs> slam his bottom half into um, into and women. Into toothpick women. <laughs> I want to watch him park that Big Mac truck in several little garages. <laughs> okay, I um, I think this movie's great. I. Um, this is this is me holding out hope more than it is what I honestly think it'll be. I want to say three one two, but also maybe I like bullshit. And there's one thing I know about too, it's that I think there might be remote controlled sharks in <gasps> it. 
So maybe that's the best movie ever made. Because, like, I saw, I looked, the reason I know there's a, a Deep Blue Sea 2 is because I was in a bar and I looked up and I was like, <laughs> are they, are those fucking remote controlled sharks? And I, like, just Googled, like, sharks remote? And I, I think it's <laughs> Deep Blue Sea 2. I, I don't know. I don't know. With that in mind, let me say 231. <laughs> I know so little and I had such good time. So <laughs> I feel so much optimism. And also I'm wondering... <laughs> You know, was this, you know, lightning in a bottle? I heard that two had... Was it two or three, Dixon, that got good rate? Three. Three has a better Rotten Tomatoes score than mm. one. See, this is tough. I don't, I wish I... Like, I don't know. I'm going to say probably one, three, two. Because I feel like one... I just, like, didn't know what I was getting into. So that's always a part of my formula, you know? And also, Becky, I think, um, and this is a little fucked up of you, you like bad things. You like (laughs) things that aren't good less than PJ and I do (laughs) for some reason. There are some bad things I do love, and I'm sure we'll get there one day. I'm dying um, to know. I'm dying to watch a Becky Granger bad movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. I I just, I loved this so I didn't even know what this was. I didn't even know what this was. You know, I didn't even know what this was about. I didn't know. I actually thought there were sharks, but I did not know how shark heavy this was. Do you know what a delight that was going into this? That's how I, this is how I walk through the world. It's, I walk through the world doing my damnedest to be absolutely fucking ignorant to every movie plot (laughs) ever so that when I do watch it, I'm like a six year old kid just like, like, like watching, um, the sixth sense for the first time, just peeing myself. I'm so sorry I spoiled the remote control (laughs) shark. You would have been out of your seat, popcorn flying out of the bucket. Because you were just like, just doing cheerleading. I would do a lot of cartwheels. I still think I might love it though. (laughs) I'm like so, I'm so shark pilled. So, I want to be shark pilled. I'm, I'm. My imagination has been fucking captured by remote control sharks. Just because it makes me wonder, like, does that mean that they are smarter? Because the shark is actually like a human being with like (laughs) thoughts and feelings and desires and grudges and and ideologies um or is it actually like the dumbest shark that has ever been in a movie because i feel like these sharks could probably kick a robo shark's ass but maybe maybe i'm getting ahead of myself these are questions that might be asked in deep blue sea 2 which is why i'm gonna rank it uh two three one I'm so fucking excited. I know we're probably not recording for like another like two weeks or week and a half or so. I might just watch Deep Blue Sea 2 right after we're done. Really? I like. I'm 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 thirsty. Ew. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm thirsty for that shark dick. (laughs) No, I really do want to watch it though. (laughs) The. The Anybody else have a sexual awakening from Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> I thought I had an issue. I just didn't know what my problem was. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea was really out here for the buys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of us, some of us like Michael Rappaport. Some of us love sharks. Nobody likes Dr. McAllister, though. Mm-mm. 
She's I had a crush on her in a different movie, but we're not talking about the bank job today. We're signing <laughs> off of Dead Horse. All right. Thanks for... Fuck. All right. Thanks. I got to figure something out. We, All right. Let's try. Fuck. Just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our sign I off found is just it. panic. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, wait. Hey, wait. Thanks. Dead Horses, Dixon, Becky, and PJ. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast. We'd like to thank Max Huffman for our art. I did the music. Um, Christ, there's something I'm forgetting. Uh, fuck. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I'm, I'm sorry.